one year I kind of got an idea, you know, I almost tried trap. I like to trap, I like to make lure, and I like to write. Where can it go from here? You would be able to spend more time in the woods. I was losing money in over fish trapping, but I didn't care. Getting the traps out there is the hardest part, I think, with them. I would leave the critters in the back of my truck in the high school parking lot. We're going to set traps, like, no matter what. Some of these guys have trapped these areas for generations. We got through the fur boom. This is Northern Michigan. This is what you do. Trappers love being trappers in a positive light. I'm going to ask you guys a question. Do you know everything? This will be fun. Trying to learn something from these legends. Ask questions without asking questions. Volumes of Herb Lennon Game Magazine. Instruction from Herb Lennon. Herb Lennon's articles, the Herb Lennon ads to information, trapping radios. We are trappers and ourselves. To me, that's pretty important. Alright, everybody listening to me? Develop a system yet because we're working ahead of time to build big trapping. If you got variables to change the trap, you got bog trap. They start talking about these big fans. Most of my tunes are coming from up top, not down bottom. Probably the best part of the country in the world. I don't get any better. Trying to set predator trash and trash waders. The back of that beaver looks like a sheer. You better edit this part out. Yeah, we better. Back in the Persian, this is Trapping Today. Jeremiah Wood, thanks for listening in here to have you guys here. Another live podcast streaming on YouTube. We're brought to you by Cots Brothers Lures, K A A T C. ROS.com, trap smarter, work harder, enjoy the success that follows. Cotsbros has baits, lures, books, DVDs, traps, snares, all the accessories and things you need to get going on the trap line. Check Cotsbros out. Brought to you by Onyx Maps. Use your phone as a GPS on the trap line. You can use this for so many different ways. We'll talk about here a little bit later in the podcast uh, some new things with Onyx, but. It's basically an app you use to mark your waypoints. You got maps, all kinds of different mapping information, uh, from aerial imagery to topo maps. Um, you can run tracks, you get landowner information, and so many different things. Uh, go to onxmaps.com and we get a special code TRAP, T R A P, when you purchase through onxmaps.com. You'll get 20% off of your first purchase uh, of the membership. And Moyle Mink and Tannery, moyle.net, M O Y L E, get your fur tanned. By the professionals, Moyle is the standard when it comes to fur tanning in the trapping industry. Whether it's a wall hanger that you're looking for, you're going to make some uh, fur garments, hats, mitts, uh, whatever out of your items that you catch. Or just you know want to maybe give fur away as gifts or you want to sell it later on. Um, preserving that fur for the long term is pretty key. You can't just leave raw fur sitting around. Uh, if you're watching on the YouTube uh, in the my back to my left here behind me, there's a bunch of beaver pelts here in the fur shed, and uh, yeah, they uh, they got I gotta do something with them. <laughs> they gotta go to the tannery because they are not gonna last forever. It's nice and cool right now, so they're gonna be all right for a while. But uh, yeah, yeah, Moyle.net, Moyle uh, are the professionals. They do a great job, great prices. Uh, use their online customer portal to get your fur tan faster. Okay, another live stream unannounced. I think if I told you guys I was going to do this once in a while, you'd probably probably be more people showing up. Uh, but anyway, uh, I decided to get on here. I am going to uh, set Martin traps out tomorrow. That's going to be uh, my my opening day. So Martin and Fisher and overall all general trapping in Maine started uh, last Sunday. But I didn't, I didn't set any traps. 
I talked about this a little bit before in, in last week's uh, live stream about that decision and a lot of other things I have going on, trying to decide how much money I'm going to actually want to lose trapping. Um, I, I go a long ways. I go a long, long ways to, to get my Martin line out. And the weather was warm. I had to be in the woods for, for three days this week. And the way it was going to work out is if I set opening day, I wasn't going to be able to check those traps until Thursday. And so that's, uh, what's, what's that? Four nights, uh, uh, with those Martin in the woods. And so if you catch something the first night, you're looking at, uh, you know, we were the wet, the way the weather was this week, the highs were in the mid fifties, sunny, uh, three, three, four nights in a row. Uh, they were freezing, but three, four days in a row of pretty warm weather and sun, I just didn't want to leave Martin around for that long in that weather. Things are cooling down, um, so I'm back in the in the groove here uh, this weekend, and uh, I, I was able to start to get some things uh, put together. Get the pick of my first cat, send me Land Cruiser. No, uh, did you send that to me? Let's see. Um, I feel like I saw I feel like I saw a picture somewhere from somebody, but I didn't know. If, I don't think it was you. So um, was that? A, just let me know. Was that an email? Um, yeah, still trying to get caught up on the emails. But anyway, um, first Bobcat. That that's pretty awesome. All right. So so yeah. So what I did today, I just kind of like I talked about it a couple episodes ago. From fur to fur, I went from trapping fur to this year spending more time cutting balsam fir trees uh, on my woodlot and uh, trying to, to pay some bills and all that stuff. You emailed me a pic. Okay, I, I think I have that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check that out. But Yeah, I got to catch up on my emails. I usually try to get back to... Oh, there it is. There it is, Mike. Awesome. Hey, dude. Congratulations. That is just great. First bobcat. Let's see if I can. All right, phone's acting up a little bit. Um, oh, there it is. Okay, there it is. Awesome, man. Wow, that's a nice cat. And it was general season, so you didn't have to release it. He in. In Maine, uh, we have an early canine season where if you catch, if you you can trap for fox and coyote, and you can keep raccoon, uh, fox or coyote, and I believe maybe skunk. But if you catch uh, a bobcat or a fisher or anything else, you have to release it. So you see a lot of guys catch catching a bobcat during that early season. They have to release. But um, if if you got it here in the last week, then then uh, you're able to keep it. That's pretty cool. So yeah, so what I did this today was uh, I, I worked in the morning. And I said, all right, I'm going to work till noon. I'm going to stop. And I'm going to force myself to get into trapping mode. And so I, I started getting my boxes ready. So last week I told you guys about the those Lynx exclusion devices. I've talked about them, uh, I feel like, over and over and over again. But for main trappers, they're kind of a, a big deal because you have no other choice. You have to use them. So the boxes are pretty big and bulky. And... Uh, I, I've done this a number of different ways. I, I was leaving them out in the woods, certain parts of my trap line, and I stopped doing that primarily because uh, 
they're harvesting timber so fast in certain places of the main woods that you can't keep ahead of it. And two years later, I went back to trap that area and, and half my boxes were in the middle of clear cuts. Uh, they were just or destroyed, run over by machinery. I couldn't find them. Some of them I was able to recover, but, uh, yeah, it's just, you gotta, you almost gotta just bring them back in and the porcupines chew on them and other stuff chews on them. Um, depending on what you use for certain baits, I've noticed that they cause them to really chew on the box and sometimes they'll just chew on the wood just, just because I guess. So yeah, I bring the boxes in. So that means I got between 50, 40, 50, 60 boxes that I got to get out in the woods. That's more than a pickup load. Um, D-Rich, this is my first year trapping. Got my first beaver this morning. 58 pounds. Awesome, man. That's that's great. That's a big beaver. Jeez. Most of the beavers I catch up here are, are right around that 40-pound range. Um, I don't catch I don't catch very many over 50 for some reason. Um, occasionally you'll get one. But that's, that's a great catch, man. Good for you. How's have luggage will travel? How's the weather right now in Maine? The weather is unbelievably beautiful. H L W T. Uh, it it is just today was. It's funny you get these strings of days where to me it's I I keep telling myself this is the most beautiful day of the year, and then you get another one. Uh, it was about twenty degrees this morning where I where I am. I'm in northern Maine, and uh, it 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 was nice hard frost. Uh, calm morning the sun came up clear sky not a cloud in the sky and uh, it was just a beautiful sunny day it was nice and calm most of the morning and then the afternoon the sun came out a little bit it was some somewhere probably in the low 50s and then as the sun started to go down a few clouds moved in here and there and, and made for another beautiful sunset so yeah it was a great day so this afternoon I I did kind of my, my normal duty for the boxes. And so what I'm trying to do is like stack as many of them as I can in the back of my pickup truck. And I got a toolbox in the back there that I, I really want to keep there. I don't want to pull that. I've pulled it out before to put more boxes in, but all my tools, my high lift jack, my shovel, my uh, winch, everything that I need if I break down chains and everything is in that box. If I take that out, it's I get to find a place for all that, and it's kind of a pain. So I, I left it in, and basically what I did is I take the box out from storage. I open it up. Um, the boxes, you'll notice if you've seen my videos before, there's wire on each side to that I, I just wrap a wire around a couple of screws, and that's what keeps holds the box closed. So I open that up. If the wire is bad, I replace the wire, get the thing open, and then I get my bait. I had my bait all prepared ahead of time. And uh, I have three different time, types of bait that, I, that I'm using for tomorrow. I have fish, which is uh, suckers and chubs that I caught up here that are uh, frozen fresh. I pulled them out of the freezer two days ago, got them thawed enough to where I could break them apart and chop them up a little bit. Beaver, caught a few beavers here in the last week just nearby to, uh, for bait. And I had also have some beaver meat that I pulled out of the freezer. So beaver frozen fresh and uh, rough grouse, partridge. We call them partridge here in Maine. Uh, it's been a pretty good year. We got lots of birds around. Uh, I sh I've shot a few and uh, my I have guys I work with that shoot a bunch of birds. And so they save carcasses for me. You pull the breast out most of the time. Some people keep the legs. They're pretty small. Um, most everybody just 
pulls the breast out of the bird and the rest of the bird is just tossed in the woods. Uh, so instead of that, they put it in a, in a plastic bag, give it to me, and I use it for trapping bait. And I think the feathers and everything, it makes for quite a bit of attraction. It, it, it's, a good, it's a good bait. So I take my bait, I open up the box, I stick the bait in the box, and I take my trap. And uh, these are all 120s that I did today with uh, Connie pans on most of them. And I check the trap out. You want to look, check, make sure your tag's on because you got all these traps flying around it, back of the truck and up, in and out and back and forth. Uh, your tag could fall off. So you want to you make sure you get a tag. You know, make sure the trap's not, not all rusted up. The trap's in decent shape. And uh, everything's functioning. It's got a good trigger. The dog's still on it. And then I set it. I set the springs, uh, compress the springs, and set and and set the safety on so that the springs are already compressed. Then I wrap the trap back up, wire it up. I stick it in the box. I shut the box, wire the box closed, stick it in the stack it in the truck. And I did this for I think I did like 35 or so boxes, 35 or 40. And and so what that does for me is I can grab that box when I when I drive out to the spot where I'm going to trap I can grab that box out of the truck all I need is that box my flagging tape and my lure and I got my GPS clipped onto my belt and I got my phone in my pocket using the Onyx app um, and I I usually mark twice I eventually I'll probably just go with Onyx on my phone. But I just I like to have the GPS as a backup because I'm always paranoid that I'm gonna forget I'm gonna something I'm gonna drop my phone or lose something and I'm before I get back to service where Alnex backs it all up and I'm gonna I don't know I I'm just ultra paranoid about not knowing where my uh, um, where my traps are so so I do that um, and I get a little notebook I have a right in the rain notebook where I write down all of my uh, set locations and a, a short description of each uh listen to your podcast on my hour drive to work in the morning's awesome job hey thank you very much i appreciate that i appreciate that northern trapper grouse is some of the best bait along with fatty fish for martin yeah thanks northern trapper i um i i would agree i think uh beaver beaver is a pretty nice fatty meat as well and that works works good for me as well um so so yeah, uh, one of the things that I like to do is try a number of different things. And I'm going to repeat this because I, I'm always think paranoid, worried that I'm repeating myself too much. But I forget, I get the, what reminds me is that I have a lot of people that ask the same question that I talked about 10 episodes ago, 50 episodes ago, 150 episodes ago on the podcast. And I realize, I realize that it's probably okay to repeat yourself because... A lot of the people that were listening back then um, are, 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 n- have been replaced by new people who have not gone back and listened to old episodes. So they don't, they don't know all these things. So I'm not too worried anymore about repeating myself. I'm just going to go on and on. There's a couple of guys that have podcasts I listen to on YouTube and they repeat themselves every, every single week. And you think it would drive you crazy, but for some reason I keep thinking, I keep listening. So. <laughs> So, uh, so I keep records and I, I like to try different things because I've learned a lot in the past and, uh, what I, what I do is I'll, I'll take, I'll start with my very first trap I set in the morning with a number one 
and I'll describe where, where it is. I describe like directions, roads I take and all that. And then I'll kind of write down a little description, 50 feet uh, on the left, 50 feet in the woods, uh, on a sp- spruce blowdown. Uh, and then I put the bait and the lure that I use and the type of box. If it's a one, I put whether it's a 120 or 160. So all those th- those three things, the bait, the lure, and the type of trap, are the things that uh, that I eventually I go back and look at to help determine kind of what what works and what doesn't. Um, so th- the the reason that I like to try these different things is because you never know you could figure out something that that you never thought before would would work and and all of a sudden it's really effective. Uh, now I, I get to back up just a second because the big thing that I learned was based not on bait, lure, or type of trap. It was based on location. And I went back and I analyzed my locations pretty closely from the past uh, three, four years of, of really good record keeping on the trap line. And in my opinion, when you're Martin trapping, uh, and you could probably say the same thing for Fisher. About 90% of your success is going to be based not on your bait, not on your lure, not on the type of trap you're using. It's going to be based on the habitat that you're trapping in. And so above all habitat, the marten have to be there. And, and that's been a lesson that's taken me many years many hard, hard years, uh, many trips in the big woods, checking 50 to 60 traps in a row without catching a marten. Tough, very, very tough. And then, uh, and then it clicked and I started looking for the right habitat at the right scale. And all of a sudden I started, I started catching fur. And so it, it makes a big difference. Now, if you're in an area that's really good marten country and uh, let's say you're you're up in northern Canada or Alaska, and you're you're in a river valley that is just all good marten habitat. You can kind of put that on the side, in the back of your mind, and say, okay, I'm in the good habitat. Now I can focus on the other things. Or if you're in an area that you've trapped for 20 years and nothing's changed with the habitat, if you're in that area, let me know because I want to go there and trap it, um, because there's nothing. Uh, there, there is nothing more consistent than change in in northern Maine. It's just new roads, clear cuts, uh, har- different types of harvest, trees growing back. They grow really fast. Um, just everything changes constantly up here, and it, it's really almost hard to keep up with just on an annual basis. Sometimes I'll go to trap an area a year later, and and I can't trap it. I, I got to go to an entirely different township because things have changed so much. And so, and the other thing is here, we have uh, a system where it's it's private land with public access, uh, almost all timberland, and you there are no trapper territories, right? So you don't know that everybody kind of has free access to all of this, and uh, tomorrow I could show up and somebody could be on my trap line and have traps every half mile on all the roads that I trap on. It, it, it very well could be. And so you really have to be adaptable. You don't have a registered trap line. You don't have an area that, 
you can rely on that no one else is going to trap. It's just kind of a, almost a free-for-all in a constantly changing landscape. So, uh, yeah, it is a learning process. Uh, Steve Pace, I need to do a better job keeping records. Always get in a hurry and don't – yeah, Steve. Uh, I, I struggle with that too. So um, the, one of the things that does help me is abbreviations. So every lure and every bait I, I have um, – like, for instance, uh, I'm using beaver, fish, and partridge, so BFP. Um, and so so I know if there's a B there, then that means I used, uh, I used beaver meat on that set. If I use long-distance call, LDC, quick to write down. Uh, sweetness is one of the lures. I'll talk, about, I'll talk about some of these other lures, but, but yeah, abbreviations really helps. Uh, and then you got to be you got to find that balance between uh, what you need to to write down to be able to to actually understand what what you're saying and actually not writing a book because if you start writing a book then you're not going to get your traps out you know i'm looking to get uh you know 35 40 sets out in a day and actually i've had uh days where i've a couple few years ago i i set out all my boxes ahead of time I prepped the day before the season. I was just, I was into it. I was absolutely into it. And I, I even had all my traps on site, ready to go. Uh, you can't attach your trap for some reason in Maine. It's against the law to attach your trap or wire it or fasten it before the season. Um, and obviously you can't set it, but you could set it on top of your box. You can have your bait already in there. You can have your lure up. And so um, I, I did that one year and I got 60. Um, in a day and I think I got 60 sets in and I covered probably 50 miles uh, while I was setting traps and I think I probably could have got a few extras um, just go 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 I was I was dead by the end of the day I was totally burned out or just running you know running back and forth um, but it, you know that's that that's that's that can be fun too but um, y- you you need to find an efficient way to write things down that are legible understandable uh, but don't take a lot of time. That that can be tough. Um, uh, uh, one of the things, one of the things, Steve, you might think about. I I've thought about it briefly. I'm I don't know if I think it'd be actually be a good idea. Is just voice recording. You could you could have a voice record app on your phone, and and you could just hit record and you could say, okay, I just turned a I just took a right at four mile off off four and a half mile of this main road. I took a, hey Pat. All right, Pat. I was going to. Uh, I was actually going to text you uh, to let you know I was live streaming because I knew you were around today, uh, but I, I didn't. So I. That's really cool that you're on. Awesome. Um, now if we can just get Vince on. I was texting with Vince this morning from Washington. Vin, if Vince could show up, that'd be just perfect. <laughs> Finally got the notification. <laughs> right on, man. Um, that the algorithm's figuring you out. Um, so so yeah. The the uh, I, the voice record app might actually work pretty good. And Pat Pat has he should actually get on here with a microphone and and do the live podcast with me, because he is has a lot of uh, experience using Onyx marking a bunch of different sets, and and locations. And he could probably tell you about how to take good notes. Um, but I'm thinking maybe a voice record app where you, where you could just hit record. Okay, four and a half mile off of uh, off of River Road. 
I took a right and I went 0.2 miles and there's a hardwood ridge on the left and there's a little game trail going up there and uh, I I made a set 50 feet off the road up that game trail uh, in a tree with a 120 using Jeremiah's long distance call and beaver meat for bait and and you say this is set number bleep, set number three and then it, that's important because uh, I'll, I'll talk about that in just a second but um, but but I think just the voice thing you can get a lot you can say a lot without sitting there Pat says take a picture of the lure bottle save it on Onyx that's a great idea and uh, so so for every um, first off, guys, I'm going to talk about Onyx. You can see I'm wearing the Onyx hat. Um, I'm going to talk about them quite a bit because uh, of a few new features I want to mention here a little bit later on. But um, if you haven't gotten Onyx Maps, you can uh, go to onyxmaps.com. It's just an app you download on your phone if you don't already use it. If you guys do use it, send a, put in a comment on, on whether you use Onyx for the trap line. But it's, it's really useful. And if you use the code TRAP, T-R-A-P, when you check out at onyxmaps.com, um, you'll get 20% off your membership. So it's it's like, um, I want to say it's 30 bucks a year uh, for a state. You get all the maps for the, for that state. Um, you can also, they have some really cool free features as well. And so you can you can download the app on it, the Onyx app on your Apple or Android phone. Uh, and, and you can use it on the web as well. But you download that app and you can use the thing. And there's so many things that you can actually use with it without having to pay. And then what you're going to do is you're going to use enough that you're going to say, oh, geez, I, I really need a membership. This thing is awesome. Um, but, yeah, that 20% off, I, a lot of people who listen to the podcast have done that. Um, I actually just um, I just got a check in the mail yesterday. Um, I When you save 20% off, I get a little cut. I get like 4 bucks for every membership. And uh, that's pretty awesome to see, um, to, to, to have people do that. And it helps support the podcast and the YouTube channel. So, uh, Steve, this year I'm only using a couple of lures, Birch River and Predator. Then tra- Top Dog and Big Pile uh, Beaver. I think those are Clint Locklear's um, lures. It helps not having a lure bag full of stuff. <laughs> yeah, Steve, I'm going to take my, I think I'm going to take my lure pail out here. Um, yeah, Pat says there's a seven-day free trial. Yes, there is. Um, I think... That's been going on. I, I don't know if that's a continuous uh, promotion for the seven-day free trial with Onyx, but uh, it it uh, it is definitely going on right now because I just got an email from them about that uh, recently. So, um, yeah, where was I going with that? I'm keeping records. Yeah. So so um, they're so like I said, like ninety percent uh, of of the game in my Martin and Fisher trapping is is the habitat is being in the right location not just oh there's a cedar around there and there's some big trees and there's cover for martin well if there's 500 acres of clear cut around it it's not going to be good martin habitat i've learned that i've done it i've done it (laughs) i've done it more than once so uh the 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 location you want to be broad scale good habitat for martin but then when you drill down let's get at the other 10 percent say it's 10 percent um then you're looking at the bait, the lure, uh, the the type of box you're using, or the set, or or the the details there, or where specifically like micro location you place your set, and so so that kind of can matter, 
And that's why I, you know, I keep records. I found, I, everybody told me in Maine that fish doesn't work. Well, I started using fish and guess what? It works great. Better than any other bait I've used. So I'm still using fish. Um, uh, beaver, I started, I was using rotten, nasty beaver, uh, because it had more smell to it. Then I was using tainted beaver. I was using preserved as preserving it with sodium benzoate, preserving it with salt. Uh, none of that worked as good as fresh frozen beaver and then letting it age a little bit in the box uh, over the season. I mean, it's just, it that worked for me. And you could, something totally different could work for you. So uh, that's just uh, the, the name of the game on the record keeping and trying to figure that out and, and uh, understanding that it takes, uh, statistically, these are small percentages of percentages. And it takes a lot of record keeping, a lot of data to actually say something meaningful. So if you have two traps out and one was the extreme example, one was using uh, my lure and one was using Jeff Dunlap's lure and you caught a Martin in my lure and not in Jeff's, that has nothing to do with the lure. Um, If you set a hundred traps with my lure and Jeff's and you catch more, you catch say, 20%, 30% 20%, 30% more Martin in his lure than my lure, then you can say, oh, that's a better lure, right? But uh, for me, like I, I haven't said much about Martin lures or baits for a long time because I haven't caught enough animals to be able to say that. We can only keep 25 Martin in Maine. So uh, if, if you catch 25 a year, what does that really tell you? You know, you get a few buddies, they use their lures and they catch them and, and that helps. But um, to actually really test, 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 uh, it, it takes a while. Steve says he's been using Onyx for a couple of years, really likes seeing the property owners and boundaries. Yeah, that's especially if you trap around an area, you know, with a lot of different properties. David recently purchased Onyx. What is the repeatability of returning to the same location? Uh, are you talking about accuracy of the waypoints? Um, I, I think that's probably what you're saying, David. Um, it is basically going to be the accuracy of uh, your your phone's GPS. And uh, it used to be, you know, back in the day when those first those GPSs first came out, I remember uh, my, my dad bought one. I kind of convinced him to buy one. This was, I don't know, I was probably like 15 or 16 years old, so... Uh, this this was uh, 20 plus years ago accuracy okay this was 20 plus years ago and i had one of those old magellan gps units had no maps nothing it just had a a a arrow where you you were and then you could mark say the truck and then you could walk into the woods and it would track you and then you get back to the truck Um, from what i understand those in those days you know um, 20 years ago the government for a long time, the government had this technology for GPS, and they did not allow public access to their satellites. And so, for a long time, there were only there were a limited number of satellites up in the sky that could be used for uh, triangulating where you were based on you know GPS. So, uh, the accuracy of those older units, you were you were talking. You know, you were lucky you were within 30 feet, you know, 30, 40 feet. If you had like a really good high end, like Trimble GPS unit, like uh, um, like Butch Borman, who's been on the podcast before, he works in repairs on those things. Uh, you could get sub 
they'd say like sub meter and you could get within like a couple you know within a within inches um, over the years the there's been way way more satellites everything's kind of opened up now and basically the accuracy is just oh there he is mr gps here <laughs> all right that's funny i can't believe you're hey keynet gps tell me how many martin you've caught and how many fish you've caught so far I really, I need to get in touch with you. I was just uh, up visiting Billy Thompson last night uh, over, he came up to camp here for uh, for a day to get his traps and head back down. But uh, we were talking, we were talking about you a little bit and uh, and uh, talking about Martin and Fisher. So yeah, yeah, I figured that would be, yeah, I'll probably have to have to text you. Um, so, so yeah, uh, he says, uh, in the olden days of GPS, the Navy used selective availability and added a hundred meters error. Yeah. Okay. So that's, that's probably what I was thinking of is, is they, the government kind of was like, we're going to scramble this up a little bit. So that for military purposes or whatever. Um, but these days, I mean, it's, it's damn close. Like, um, uh, one of the things you got to watch with Onyx that one of the little things that I've screwed up with before is if you if you hit, hit the screen and move things around a little bit and then you go to mark a waypoint, make sure you put mark my location, not just put mark waypoint because if it, the screen moves and there's a your the center is off from where you're at, um, it, it think that the system thinks that you want to mark the spot that you're looking at. But in reality, you want to mark where you're standing, right? Because you're marking it where you have to trap. Um, and and so you have to be sure that you hit mark my location. And that's going to mark right where you're standing. And in my experience, it's been, I mean, I've had, you know, a foot of snow and was trying to scramble around looking for stuff. And uh, it's within like five or ten feet. It's it's close. Um Bill Clinton did away with the SA. Now most receivers are sub 10 meters. Okay. Yeah. And so, so that's, that's my experience with the Onyx. Um, yeah. So marking locations, let's see where, where we're at. Uh, so since we're talking about Onyx, I wanted to throw this out there cause I just got some updates on, uh, on things they're doing. The good thing with this company is that you, they're constantly updating things. And if you're subscribed to the app, uh, you know, every couple weeks you're going to get a thing. Do you want to update? And you just hit update and they're making changes constantly. They're adding new features. They're adding layers. They're fixing any bugs that might be there. So uh, it's just kind of a, just a living, breathing thing. That's just constantly improving. And so uh, anytime they get more data that they can use, they're going to use it to, to add uh, layers that you can you can utilize on your trap line uh, or hunting or whatever you're doing. And so a couple of the new things that I thought was pretty cool. Um, they have an updated wind feature where any waypoint that you mark, you tap on that waypoint and it's going to give you the up-to-date weather service information from the nearest weather station on the wind direction. And so that's going to let you know whether, you know, whether your set is in favorable wind direction. Now they did this primarily for deer hunters that are sitting on tree stands so that they can know, okay, they can tap on that site and say, okay, what's the wind looking like for this stand today? Before I drive 20 miles out to the stand, I get, I want to decide which one I should go to. 
And so uh, you hit that, and it says, oh, the wind's coming from the northwest today. Uh, that stand is looking down to the southeast. I, I don't want to go to that stand. I'll go to this stand. So that that's a really cool feature for hunting. But with trapping, that can be really, uh, really useful as well. And so uh, a lot of times, if you know the layout, where your roads are going, where you're making your sets, the wind direction may help you determine what side of the road you want to make your set on because the animals are most of the time going to be traveling up and down the road. That's the easiest uh, travel path, travel way. And if you know that, well, the weather's coming out of the northwest uh, at, on this road in this area, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make my sets on that northwest side of the road or western edge of the road so that my scent from my lure is going to drift into the road as the animal is walking down they're going to catch that scent go to the trap and so it's just another piece of data information um, the other big update is tree cover this one i think is going to be pretty interesting um, it, it probably has a few things to details to be worked out but pretty interesting stuff so they are using advanced aerial imagery analysis to determine the predominant species of tree and the maturity or maturation of the trees in, in these different layers. And so the, the tree species and habitat maps is what they're calling it. And there are four or six maps, and they actually have not, uh, they've released this to the public, to anybody that has Onyx, but they're not doing any promotion or advertising. They don't even, probably don't even want me to talk about it right now because uh, it's so early that I think they want to be able to have people uh, use it and kind of give some feedback early on before they before they release it widespread and still, like tell everybody, hey, start using these layers. But if you are subscribed to Onyx, that, those layers are going to be in your um, app uh, next time that you open it, as long as you're updated. And uh, they're very interesting. So the ones in, in my area, on my trap line, Basically, they tell you two things. They say they tell you whether the area is predominantly deciduous trees or coniferous trees. So basically, what that means for us is hardwood or softwood, and that can be pretty. Um, that can be pretty interesting. Uh, it's it's not necessarily these tree species, but it's what that. Uh, categorization of hardwood softwood based on the aerial imagery tells you about what's going on on the ground indirectly so uh, I, I don't I, I'm not consider I'm not looking like um, I don't know if this will show up but and I'll cover that so you can't see where exactly I'm trapping but um, that <laughs> I get the glare out of there that is an example of the deciduous coniferous the deciduous uh, one of them is in red and one of them is in brown and so that just shows like uh, blocks of different tree types and so I, I'm not even looking like I know certain like this year there's a lot of beech nuts in the woods beech trees are deciduous trees the hardwood ridges might tend to have more martin frequenting them uh, rather than the softwood, but but what this says for deciduous coniferous, I'm not really worried about that so much as um, I'm 
I'm looking at whatever data they're using. <laughs> Which just sent me a text. Uh, I want to see a picture of Martin here. I gotta, I gotta open this. Um, whatever data they're using, what's that telling them, and where are my sets in relation to that? And so, um, you can see the all of the X's or the trap symbols are gonna be my uh, where my traps are set. And what I'm looking at is just general patterns of where I've had good trapping, where I've had bad trapping. And one of the things that I'm noticing, like just uh, just briefly looking over this, because it's kind of cool, like landscape. You can look at, like, I'm looking at like 30 miles by 30 miles. And for the last four years that I've trapped, uh, all these waypoints here, and what I'm seeing the vast majority of my successful trapping locations, edges, edges of hardwood, softwood, edges of coniferous, deciduous. Um, and, and that's pretty consistent with the, the observations I've had on the ground where um, mixed, mixed wood, uh, mixed deciduous coniferous trees has been the places that I've had the most success in Maine uh, with Martin trapping. That is assuming it, it is mature. It's a mature forest. If, if you have trees, you know, if you have an area that's been really heavily harvested, it doesn't matter what the makeup of the tree species is, it's going to be pretty poor Martin trapping in general. But um, the edges of hardwood, softwood, and the mix, and, and it, it would make sense that where their cells show like hardwood and softwood um, intersecting would probably be where we tend to see more mixed species on the ground anyway. Pat, they also made streams and creeks more visible in hybrid mode. I didn't realize that, Pat. Pat, Pat uses this thing more than anybody I know. And so I'm going to go on to hybrid because you have the satellite aerial imagery mode. You have the topo map mode. And then you have the hybrid, which is uh, a mix of the two. And honestly, I don't use the hybrid that much because it's been it's hard to see a lot of stuff like Pat mentions. So that's that's pretty cool that they've made those more visible. All right, guys, I'm going to take a quick pause and I'm going to look at, oh, oh, wow, sweet. <laughs> All right, good. Trapping pictures get me excited for tomorrow. All right, so, um, and that, that all brings me, I'm going to wrap it up before too long here. I'm not going to be on here forever. Um, I gotta, I gotta go get a few, I gotta pack lunch and get things ready and all that. But, um, Pat Connolly, I like to be able to see the top of lines. Yeah, I do too. That, that can, that can be very useful. So, uh, what that brings me to, uh, my, I guess I should talk about the point I wanted to mention about the, the line and the habit, the whole habitat thing, because that, like I said, I think that's 90% of of the whole deal. And it's bit, it was a tough thing for me to, to realize that because one of the things, uh, give me, I'm going to take this. There, I've advertised enough for Onyx. I'm getting warm. I'm going to take that hat off. <laughs> um, one of the things that really I hate doing is driving long distances in between setting traps. So uh, my line where the area that I trap 
Uh, it's not quite as bad as Butch uh, f- as far as distance. Well, it probably is for me because I get to drive. Um, I, I'm quite a, I'm a few miles south of him, but I'm looking at, oh, 30, 30 miles before, you know, 30 to 40 miles before I get to my core trapping area where I, where uh, I'm going to be trapping. But when I get into the woods, about 12 miles in, you start getting into some decent woods and it looks pretty good places. There's patches that look pretty good from the road. And so last year I decided I can't drive 30 to 40 miles before I set a trap. It's ridiculous. I want to be able to have a few stops where I can, you know, get out and check traps and whatever. And so I did from 12 miles in to about 25 miles in, I set about 15 traps. Okay. I ran those all the last year, the whole time I had traps out. Those are the first traps I set, the last ones I pulled or among the last ones I pulled. I caught zero Martin, one Fisher, one Weasel. So I knew intuitively it wasn't core core Martin habitat. I should have known that. Um, I think it, what I'm starting to think nowadays is to catch Martin, you either got to be in core Martin habitat, or you got to be in a really good travel way and have dispersing Martin that are coming out of core habitat. Uh, and uh, I didn't have either of those there. Guess what? I didn't catch anything. It was a waste of time. And so I'm thinking now, like looking back on it, I'm trying to decide where I'm going to set traps this year. And I'm going to, I'm going to set where I set last year, but I'm going to expand into some areas primarily because uh, this year there's so much more food in the woods. I, I expect catch rates to be down at least 50%. Uh, just a guess. And Butch could probably tell me if I'm on, on the right track with that. But um, sometimes they can be, you know, half catch rate can be half or less than half on, on a year like this. Sometimes it could be 60, 70% of, of normal. It just uh, changes different every year. But I expect to have to make a lot more sets and I'm going to punch into some areas and I'm going to try them out and they may be good or they may not be, but I'm going to use that in my head. And I'm, what I'm thinking is, okay, dude, get over it. Drive 30 miles before you set your first trap because those first 15 traps aren't going to be wasted. They're going to be put in good habitat and you're going to have to drive a little extra. Just deal with it. Suck it up. This is trapping. Nothing's perfect. Uh, if it was perfect, I'd be in Alaska trapping Martin right now. So, um, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. So, uh, that's kind of a little bit on strategy. I want to, I wanted to throw this out because, um, lures, I really don't think that, that like I've said before, some of the best advice I've had was, with lure was uh, uh, the best lure is no lure at all. You don't really need it in most cases, but uh, it do, it can it can make a difference. Uh, lure lure can cause an animal to make a decision, a decision to stop walking down the road and to turn over and go toward your set. I've had uh, you know so many cases where animal you you follow tracks, you follow tracks. All of a sudden, you get to where you could smell your lure. And you see the tracks turn and go right toward your set. So it does. Obviously, it works. If it didn't work, none of us would be using it. Uh, is it necessary? No. If you're on really great location near a good travel way, you're gonna you're not gonna have to worry about it. Um, 
last year 140 boxes 130 locations got 90 animals okay how about this year um, and so so lure is something that we use um, I this is basically what this is every set my LDC and two lures in the box same lures every set that's interesting that's one way to do it huh there you go so he uses this long-distance call um, it's got all met this one's got messed up label and it's got all kinds of different junk in the bottle basically because <laughs> this was long distance call that I used and then I mixed up some predator lure and I had I made a, I bottled a bunch up and then I had a little extra and I put it in here so I've got predator plus right here <laughs> um, it's base well with a little more it's it's a little bit of everything but it's it's real skunky um, that is Predator Plus that I had that I mixed up. I made Birch River Beaver Lure and I had a little bit left over and not enough to fill a bottle and I put it in there. So now I get a little Beaver Caster action, a little Birch River with, with Predator. I'm going to use that tomorrow. Straight long distance call. Um, this, I don't even know what this is. This is a mix of long distance call and and Predator. Yep, it's another, but probably the same as that other bottle. Um, and so one one of the things with, uh, I, I had take a different approach to uh, Keynet GPS on on the lure. You, so he's using long distance call at every set and putting two different lures in the box. And he's using that every single set, the same thing. Now he is eliminating a lot of, he says beaver at every set, some kind of stale, some fresh. So he's eliminating every other variable except where he puts the trap. And that, you, I, that if you have good notes, you could compare them with my notes. And that I would be really interested to see, like, basically you're keying in on location 100% because you've, you have taken isolated every other variable out of the equation where the only thing left is is your location uh that's cool that that's a good way to to learn a lot about wh where you're trapping um in my case uh i am trying something different at every set so one of the things that someone mentioned to me a few you know two three years ago i i hadn't really thought about this for a long time but so you say you're say you're a fisher or a martin and you're you're going down the road and every quarter mile you smell skunk. I mean in some case that might mean well hey, I smell skunk that means food because there's going to be a box in there somewhere and there's going to be some bait maybe. Um, but maybe it's every quarter mile I smell skunk there's nothing new here, you know, maybe this gets overused a little bit. I started thinking back to myself like am i overusing skunk essence you know um, every single set i was doing that 60 sets every single set would be skunk i don't know maybe so last year i was only using that at uh a third to half of my sets um and i would mix it up i mix it up a lot um the predator plus i was using mainly it toward the well last year it didn't matter because i got done early but uh, later on in the season, cold weather, but I've used it as a caller too, really well. Um, 
100 miles for 50 sets. Yeah, that's a long ways. Um, I got straight beaver caster. Beaver caster is a great, great lure, great all-around lure. Um, this is something that, uh, this is basically my lure sweetness. It's strawberry oil, anise, and honey. God, it smells good. Um, it could double as a perfume in some grease. It's in a grease base, so you can stick it in a tree out in the open, get rained on, and it'll, it'll still do pretty good for you. Um, this is kind of for early season. A lot of food out there. There's a lot of meat. Every one of our boxes is going to have meat in it, right? Uh, beaver, fish, muskrat, partridge, whatever. Uh, you know, Martin don't just eat meat, right? Martin eat beech nuts. Martin eat berries. They eat apples if they're in app if they're in country that has apples, which not really for us. Uh, they eat a lot of those uh, mountain ash berries. They eat a bunch of different f fruits and nuts and seeds. So this is just a little change up, and I'll put this in a lot of boxes tomorrow where, uh, you know, let's say a Martin, it's not, it's 50 degrees and, or 40 degrees. The Martin's not interested in meat. It's not really that hungry, but oh, that smells interesting. Let me go check that out. Never know. That's why I use it. Um, this was an old Alaska trapper told me about this. I thought about bottling this up. Maybe someday I'll just bottle this up with grease so it, it makes a better long-lasting lure out in the woods um, and sell it to you guys for big money. But it's just basically Chanel number no. 5 cheap, cheap version, uh, perfume. And I squirt a couple of squirts on my box or up above my box. Uh, this worked awesome last year. Um, old Alaska Martin Trapper told me about this um, early season. He said early season cheap perfume works great. And it does. It it. it I caught a lot of Martin in sets that had that. Let's put it that way. Uh, this is Mustela Gland Lure. I don't sell this. I just I just make this for myself because I can't catch enough animals to. Hey, Bull Daniels, what's up? Good to see you. Um, I can't catch enough to have you know Martin and Fisher glands are pretty, especially Martin glands are pretty small, but these are Martin and Fisher glands mixed up um, with a little bit of Tonquin musk in them, and I put those in the box uh, that was kind of one of my things I developed to try and help encourage more animals to go in the box rather than circling around the box and jumping on top of it and all that. Uh, straight long distance call. Um, more of the mix. I got some beaver caster. This is an old one that I haven't actually used before. It's Russ Carmen's uh, Martin and Fisher call lure. So I'll probably try that in a couple boxes just for the heck of it. Uh, this is an old Snow Ghost Weasel Lure from Osaba Lures, which no, it's John Chagnon from PCS Outdoors. They don't make it anymore, but um, that's that. There's a Predator. Uh, this is Muskrat Magnet that I had extra, a little bit extra, and I squirted into this extra, this empty jar. And I'll probably just throw that in a couple. Just It's a, it's another, like, a, it's like a sweet spearmint, sweet flag type of scent. And, uh, yeah, just a little change up. This is uh, a Martin and Mink lure that an old timer, um, A.R. Clark, made. I bought that a few years ago. And then the other thing I have is some salmon oil from Cotts Brothers. And that's just, uh, 
I don't know. I know, like, Bob Noonan uses this a lot. Like, uh, he when he was making his Martin trapping videos and stuff, he was using fish oil as a trailing scent to kind of go toward the box. So you just kind of squirt a little line of it out away from your box. So if an animal's circling the box, maybe they'll kind of, it'll kind of steer him in to follow it into your box. I really... I didn't notice, I haven't noticed any difference, to be honest with you, on using that, but I thought I'd try it out just because I have it, and who knows, it might, it might do something, uh, I'll, I'll try it out here and there, but yeah, I just basically cleaned the shelf up, cleaned up the, the lure shelf, and, uh, throw those all in the truck, and go, um, yeah, go set some traps, so, oh, that's a full, Pale allure. I really, honestly, only needed about probably two of those uh, containers. Would have been fine um, if I set traps in the right spot, used decent bait, um, set enough traps. It's gonna realizing it's probably gonna be slow. Yeah, you know, I think it'll be fine. It'll be fun. All right, guys. I think that's it. Oh, um, Cotsboro's message of the week. Cotsbros has new uh, wire screen pan covers for for foothold traps. So if you guys are out fox coyote trapping, um, go to be sure to check them out at Cotsbros.com. That's K-A-A-T-Z-B-R-O-S.com. Uh, these are machine stamped, so um, they're a lot cleaner edges um, on the pan covers. Good quality wire screen pan cover, and uh, yeah, it's good product. Works really good, and they got a lot of other cool things to check out there at Cotsbros. So. So uh, give them some business. Appreciate that. Thank you, Bull. Best of luck this season, he says. Uh, hey, Kyle Wacker. Hey, Jen. Um, yeah, thank you, guys. And uh, I'm just going to have some fun. Probably won't do too much, but uh, I'm, I'm going to enjoy myself and do a little trap and get it out of my system. I hope you guys are as well. Uh, if you have time, um, get out, set some traps, enjoy yourself, and uh, take care. We'll see you next time. Thanks.